We're podcasting from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services. I'm Public Affairs Officer Taylor Henry, and I'm talking today with Father Captain Brian Kingley, who is stationed at Kumsan Air Base on the west coast of South Korea. Father, welcome. Thank you very much, Taylor. And we've heard a lot about uh, what's going on in uh, Korea in recent months, uh, particularly North Korea. What's the sense there at uh, at uh, Kunsan and Air Base uh, about uh, what's happening on the other side of the DMZ? Well, I'm sure uh, some of our audiences listening, they themselves have been stationed over there back in the day in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, and uh, they were practicing and they were ready or whatever happens, because as you know, North Korea and South Korea are, in, are never found peace. They're still in a state of armistice, uh, so they did not have a peace treaty, and they're still declared at war. But nonetheless, there have been times where there's been a spike of activity that was created some hostility and, 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 and really a you know difficult times, and we're definitely in that right now. So. Uh, we're uh, we're on edge. Um, people are on edge, but you know we, we we're professional. We keep doing what we do, and as we always do. And uh, but things are are a little more tighter and a, a little more careful about what's going on right now. And have you found that this is a subject of some of your daily or Sunday mass homilies? Uh, I wouldn't say that so much. Uh, you know, you you always preach the gospel, right? In season and out of season. I do think. Um, Families are are more worried. Friends are more worried. People, families, oh, I wish you weren't there. I wish you could be home, all those kind of things. I'm worried about you. I'm praying for you. And we, we definitely appreciate that. And you've been in Korea now for how long? Four months. And uh, things were not so settled when you first got there. Correct. Uh, so the you kind of flew in and uh, test under fire, right? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and, and speaking of test under fire, I think there was a some sort of t- missile test or something right before uh, about the time I was arriving. And uh, we are recording this in Washington on uh, Tuesday, uh, September fifth. And uh, just to give uh, give you some context, uh, the listener out there in podcast land. And uh, so, have you had uh, uh, family members or uh, Catholics come up to you and? seek uh, counseling about uh, their concerns or worries? Has it come to that yet? I wouldn't say so. I mean, the the concerns, uh, you know, to the guy on the ground or the, the girl on the ground, you know, we, we do our job. We're ready. I mean, anytime, any place, whatever it is, we're, we're ready for anything. And, and they've been at... If it's not now, they've been in deployed in combat situations, whether it's in the Persian Gulf or in certain parts of Africa or wherever other parts, Afghanistan, Iraq, where where they're part of a combat mission, and and so they're, they're they they've been they've all been part of that. Have you been up to the DMZ yourself yet? I have been to the DMZ. There's uh, I forget the joint joint security something something. Uh, uh, the area uh, there's a basically a an area of territory according to the armistice that was a part of the uh, kind of overseen by the United Nations that there's an area which cannot be used for any kind of military activities between North and South Korea and there's a small area where 
there's both North Koreans and South Koreans, and they're there to kind of observe and make sure that there's no uh, missiles or, or people lining up for artillery or any kind of troop troop formations developing in that uh, demilitarized zone, which is what DMZ is for, demilitarized zone. And I can tell you from my own personal experience, back in 1990, I brought my my wife and two oldest children up to Korea. We went up to the DMZ. And even back then, uh, it was tense day in and day out. You know, there wasn't any direct threat as we have now of nuclear warfare. But uh, this has been a tense region since the end of the Korean War back in... About 1953? Right, 1953. Roughly. Uh, it's not like the um, men and women posted there aren't uh, seasoned and skilled in handling tension. Um, well, tell us about the uh, chaplaincy in the Air Force. Uh, we have a shortage everywhere, you know, and uh, Navy, Army, and Air Force. We need more Catholic chaplains. Are you experiencing that firsthand out in the field? Uh, are you overworked? I think every priest is overworked, right? <laughs> right. I, have you met a priest that said, not, you know, he's, not a he's got a, he's, he only works a couple of, four hours a day or something like that? No, no, not in the military nor in civilian life. If he only worked four hours a day, it's probably his vacation or, or, <laughs> or holiday or day off or something like that. Right. Uh, you know, Kunsan Air Base, uh, you know, obviously I can't speak about a lot of, uh, you know, too much details, but I can say it's a, it's a remote uh, assignment. That is, there's no no families there. There are no families there. So it's only airmen and, and civilians who are there to uh, support the, the mission. So it's a very much a show up, a lot of exercises. You, you practice, you're ready to, to go. And without getting into, you know, obviously details of operations, uh, it's very much ready. As we say, we're ready ready to fight tonight. And uh, so, uh, you have daily mass there. I do, yes. And how many Sunday ma- mass? Sunday mass. Um, you find a lot of Catholics in in the Air Force who are attending uh, day in and day out. More Catholics should be attending, you know. But uh, father in the local civilian parish and uh, father on the working on the carrier is probably in the same boat too, where he you know he knows there's. Catholics in the parish that aren't going like they should, I would tell you that the Mass is absolutely invaluable to the Catholics who come and experience the Holy Mass and receive communion and and listen to the Word of God. Uh, I've been, of course, other than Korea, I've been in Africa many times, uh, the Persian Gulf multiple times, and been places where they had Mass once a year you know, for Christmas or Easter, and you see the look, the look in their eyes when they've been waiting a long time for the, the Holy Eucharist. Yeah, I, I, you know, we need to keep uh, these servicemen and women in our prayers. It's hard to understand with the luxury we have of being able to go to Mass here in this country anytime we want, any, any day, any Sunday. And these men and women who are defending our country go weeks, months at a time without ever seeing a priest, much less being able to receive the Eucharist. And I suspect you've probably had some conversations with uh, um, airmen and and others about uh, the value of the Mass in their lives. Exactly. Can you share with us some of the 
some of the conversations you've had, some of the things that they say about the Mass and the, the sacraments that are important to them. Things like, this made my deployment. This, I was deployed and you being here for Christmas, not just me personally, but because as a Catholic priest and bringing the sacraments, confession, and the Holy Eucharist, bringing that to them, the Jesus came to them on that deployment, and some people have expressed that they were able to finish strongly their deployment. It gave them the strength to go on, almost like we say viaticum, you know, the the Holy Eucharist. You're the last time you receive it, you know, for your death. It's for the way, and so they almost receive that knowing. Hey, I have Mass now. I receive communion. It, you know, the next time will be with my family, God willing in a month or two months or three months. And so that for them has to be their viaticum communion for the way until they can uh, be reunited with their families. And what about the Koreans? I don't know much how much contact you have with the Koreans in, uh, in uh, Kunsan. The, the base is fairly remote, I suppose, uh, or is it? it? It's remote in the sense it's uh, small and doesn't provide a lot of uh, support for that would be needed for families and things uh, spouses we do have some contact with uh, Koreans of course because Koreans and and Americans they're they work this this is a mission they work together and we uh, we we have a, a mission and and that you know we we would we would uh, if if called to to de- to defend them and ourselves we would work together in this in this mission so it's we work together there is a Fairly strong Catholic tradition in Korea, correct? Very strong. Uh, of course, some of the early missionaries came to Korea, and, and there's a, a sh- very strong leadership among the lay people where there were times where the priests were not able to come and receive sacraments, and the laity, and their, with their strong leadership, were able to continue teaching the faith to each other and l- looking forward to the day when they could receive communion when they could receive the sacraments again and uh for example saint andrew who is kind of our patron of our chapel catholic community he uh, as a young man he saw other other people being martyred he went to go to seminary and then came back knowing that he too would be martyred sooner or later and and he was so there's a, a very among those catholic koreans that's that's very strong and there are several prominent Korean martyrs, correct? Yes, large groups. And this period that you referred to when the Koreans went without a priest, this went on for years, decades, didn't it? Back in, in, the, in the day? I, I don't know the exact, exact details on that, but I'll, I'm going to learn some of those. We're planning some pilgrimages, like you know, a little day to go to a shrine or a place where a Korean uh, martyr was executed or uh, one's buried, or the birthplace, or where the first baptism occurred, those kind of places where we're organizing, or I guess I'm organizing some, some pilgrimages. We, don't, we can't really do whole like retreats, but we're going to do uh, some you know, getaways for the day and take some airmen to uh, be, uh, kind of discover the, the source of that, of that Korean faith and the, and the martyrs. As, as Tertullian says, uh, well, uh, the blood of the martyrs this is the seed of faith. Well, all that's encouraging to those who, to those of us who live here stateside, 
because we know now that you're going about your daily life and not living in a bomb shelter, at least not yet. And so maybe there's a hope that uh, uh, the, the U.S. and North Korea won't come to blows. By the way, what do they call priests in Korea? Uh, everywhere I go, if they, you know, they see in uniform and they see the cross, uh, they'll say, you know, they'll ask you if you're uh, Moksanim or Shimbunim. Moksanim is pastor and Shimbunim. And if you're the, if you're the priest, if you're father, Shimbunim, Shimbunim, they, they start ta- telling all their friends and it's Shimbunim and they point you out. Shimbunim, Shimbunim, Shimbunim. And that's father and they're, uh, they're, they're very ecstatic. They're, uh, you know, they, 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 they are appreciative of, of what you do in your service and, and they're, they're gracious and they're very, very, very wonderful people. I love the Koreans. Well, that's that's wonderful, and it's uh, interesting to be learning the language, which I'm sure you're learning more than just the term for pastor, right? Right, right. <laughs> and how's that coming? Um, it's difficult. <laughs> well, you know, any of the Asian languages are completely about as different from English as you can get. I mean, the, there's no common alphabet. The sounds are not what we're used to. So you really you are starting from scratch learning how to talk, right? Correct. And uh, do you ever say mass in Korean? Uh, no, I maybe if I had a little longer time there, I that could be something to work towards. But uh, it's it's a little stretch to try to get to say mass. I hear you. And uh, what is your tour? Do you know how long you're going to be there? It, because it's a, re- a remote tour, we we do it's a year, so they switch us in and out in the year. So you'll be there at least a year. Is possible they could extend it for another year? Correct. Gotcha. We, we serve at the uh, pleasure of the uh, military. Understood. Well, what is your, you know, you, what, what do you tell folks? Uh, uh, how do you counsel people about this imminent threat from the North? What do you tell yourself? I mean, I'm, you know, lots of us back here in this country are, are you know, this is, this is a, uh, a, a more edgy, if for lack of a better word, uh, uh, standoff than we've had with uh, Mr. Kim's uh, father and his father before him. Uh, this is about as tense as I can remember it. I'm 60 years old, I was not old enough to remember the Korean War, but it's about as tense as I can ever recall uh, with uh, North Korea right now. So what do you what do you, what kind of thoughts go through your head? What do you tell yourself? What what do you tell your um, uh, parishioners, the Catholics, uh, how to develop their spiritual life? How to keep cool? How to stay peaceful? Well, slightly humorous, but absolutely <laughs> serious. I would say go to go to confession. <laughs> I mean, that's what you should always do anytime you. You know, hey, I'm going to deploy. Hey, uh, you know, I'm going on a long trip. I'm going on a cruise. What do you do? Well, I want to make sure my soul's in a good state of grace, right? Go to confession. Uh, but, you know, really, I think people need to continue living their lives. Prepare, be ready for that. Uh, but you have to live today. Uh, you know, make sure, uh, you know, scriptural things. Don't go to bed angry, right? Uh, you know, make sure, you, you know, live today Within in prayer and joy and and do the things that you should do every day, not just because you're in Korea and things can get bad in a hurry, but those are the things our listeners at home should be doing. They should go to confession. 
They should be living the day with joy. They should be not going to bed angry at their spouse or their kids or their neighbor or their boss. They should be reconciling before they you know, go to bed, as, as the scriptures say. All, some of the, the things that all of us should be doing. Do you, you know, you'll be going back. When, when are you headed back? We're in Washington now. Are you going back in a few days? Yes, in a few days. And uh, so are you looking forward to going back or do you, do you dread it? The people need me there, so I look forward to uh, serving them. I hear you. Well, uh, Father Brian Kingley, stationed at Kunsan Air Base in South Korea, thank you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome, Taylor.